0: It's a good one. It's Genesis 21, the whole chapter. So take a minute and get settled and find it. Genesis chapter 21. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did to Sarah... As he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him, and Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. And the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, laughing. So she said to Abraham, cast out this slave woman and her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not be heir with my son, Isaac. And the thing was very displeasing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, be not displeased because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you. For through Isaac, Shall your offspring be named? And I will make a nation of this slave woman also, because he is your offspring. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder along with the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water and the skin was gone, she put the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off, about the distance of a bow shot. For she said, let me not look on the death of my child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what troubles you, Hagar? Fear not. For God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Up, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make him a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy, and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. At that time, Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, said to Abraham, "God is with you in all that you do. Now, therefore, swear to me here by God that you will not deal falsely with me or with my descendants or with my posterity. But as I have dealt kindly with you, so you will deal kindly with me and will and with the land where you have sojourned." And Abraham said, "I will swear." When Abraham reproved Abimelech about a well of water that Abimelech's servants had seized, Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this thing. You did not tell me, and I have not heard of it until today. So Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech, and the two men made a covenant. Abraham set seven ewe lambs of the flock apart, and Abimelech said to Abraham, What is the meaning of those seven ewe lambs that you've set apart? He said, these seven ewe lambs you will take from my hand that this may be a witness for me that I dug this well. Therefore, that place was called Beersheba because there both of them swore an oath. So they made a covenant at Beersheba. Then Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, rose up and returned to the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba, and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. And Abraham sojourned many days in the land of the Philistines. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. Thanks, Anna. Another long passage as we're kind of taking big chunks of Genesis in this, uh, as we come to wrap up, Abraham's life. As I said earlier, I'm so glad you're here today, uh, that you've chosen uh, Jesus over football. Yay! Actually, the game doesn't start till this afternoon, so you're, you're all good. But did you know that a 30-second commercial spot during today's game, the price tag is 5.6 million for 30 seconds? Can you imagine? Can you imagine if all those companies decided to choose to forego their commercials for just one year and donated the money. Wow, that would be a lot, wouldn't it? Well, I don't have $5.6 million, but I am holding a $100 bill in my hand today. It's a real one. It's not a fake one. And I'm really excited to tell you at the end of today's message what I'm going to do with it. And uh, I mean, I guess I could buy one one-hundredth nanosecond of airtime at the Super Bowl if I wanted with that. The commercial would look something like this, but that'd be about it. That's all the money I got for that. Um, We'll get back to it at the end of today's message. But first, let's talk about Abraham, Sarah, and Isaac. Isaac, can you believe it? He's finally here. All those promises of a special child and all the years that they've been waiting. By this point, I wonder, did did Abraham and Sarah, did they even have a glimmer of hope? I mean, think just for a moment how hard it's been to keep up good spirits, keep up hope in this uh, COVID year. We are almost one year. I think March 15th was the first time we went online streaming of our service. A year. And you know, each and every one of us has been holding on to a, a glimmer of hope throughout the year that this COVID time will pass. This long year of, of hope deferred. Promises deferred. We've heard how many times you know, we will open on this date, or school will start on this date, or vaccines will roll up on this date, or stimulus checks will come on this date, and then what happens? It gets pushed back a little, doesn't it? And then a little more to the point where we're saying, I'll believe it when I what? See it. (laughs) I'll believe it when I see it. Well, how did Abraham and Sarah feel waiting for their promise for 25 years? Put it in perspective. We're coming up on one year. Deferred for 25 years. Years they've been waiting for the promise of this child to be born to barren she was barren sarah a child that was to bless the world and now she's 91 <laughs> 90 91 and he's 100 why so long the answer is in the laughter the answer is in the laughter you know, you know it. I know it. Sometimes you just need a good laugh, and some even, even say laughter is the best medicine. But when it comes from receiving a long-awaited, fulfilled promise that gives hope not only to this family, but the entire world, it's laughter upon laughter, grace upon grace. So this morning, we're going to look at a grace so surprising that all you can do is just laugh, just laugh. So grab your outline, hopefully you got it there, and your scripture open to this passage we read. We're going to look really at three vignettes, three little stories today, so let's look at our first one that gives us this first truth. God keeps promises so indescribable that He leads us to obey and laugh simultaneously. Obedience and laughter with these amazing, indescribable promises. So we've got to remind ourselves for a moment how we got to this point of the story, this place where God comes through on incredible promises. Remember, as I've already said this morning, they first received this promise 25 years before this day, and at that time, you know, you know, somewhat even impossible when they first got the promise. All right, you know, God, you know, maybe he'll open the womb of a middle-aged woman, Sarah was about 65 the time she got the promise, and life expectancy was a bit longer then, so she was middle age or, or then. But remember, the years went on, and God would repeat the promise from time to time to this first family that He called out. Remember Abraham, I will make you into a great nation. Remember Abraham, this nation will bless the world, all peoples. I mean, at some point, you just get so desperate, you tell your husband, you know, you better just have a child with someone else, because this is not happening. And they did, didn't they? Abraham did this, and Hagar bears him a son, Ishmael. But that didn't work out so well, did it? As we see even today, Sarah had already kicked them out once, or she left because she was feeling the pressure, and now today, a second time, Hagar and Ishmael are out. But God keeps coming back to the promise. Chapter 17, when she was out the first time, um, or actually when, when uh, 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 God gave this prom to, uh, promise to Abraham, he said in chapter 17, I'll bless her. and Moreover, I'll give you a son by her. I'll bless her and she'll become nations. Kings of people shall come from her. God goes back to the promise again. and Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, shall a child be born to a man who's 100 years old? And Sarah's like, 91, 90. How's she going to bear a child? Abraham laughed in belief. He believed and yet he wrestled with what seemed impossible. And he laughs. How can this be? I'm 100. She's 90. You know, I believed when Sarah was 65, even even 75, but she's now 90. I want to believe. But really? This sounds impossible, God. God keeps coming back to the promise back to the promise chapter 20 a short time later after this chapter 17 here that we're looking at God returns this time remember as a person with two other angels Remember, we talked about that a couple weeks ago and this time Sarah's listening and she stands behind Abraham in the tent chapter 18 reads this way he says I'll return to you this time next year and we know Sarah was sitting there laughing and saying to herself, I'm worn out. I'm old. How can, I, how can this be? But God said to her and to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? Shall I indeed bear a child now that I'm old? Why did she say that? Is anything too hard for the Lord? And he actually addressed Sarah, and, 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 and she denied it. I, I didn't laugh. And he said, No, but you did laugh. You did. Now Sarah laughs. Abraham laughed. Now Sarah laughs in disbelief as God corrects her. Come on, God, look at me. I'm an old woman. Not me, but she said that. I'm an old woman. My body can barely support me, let alone another person growing inside of me. I'm 90. Yeah, 50, 65, maybe 70 even, sure, maybe. How many of you struggle with this as well in your own marriage, the unfulfilled promise, that they, like they were waiting for how about your own marriage? The unfulfilled promise. They were waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. I know there's lots of times when my wife Robin asks me to take care of something around the house and, you know, you get sidetracked and I don't come through. I don't come through on the promise. The pile, maybe something supposed to be moved out to the shed or moved into the garage and, you know, you're just sitting there. And I, and I notice, ah, I'm sorry, honey, I, I'll do it. I get to it, I promise. You go back to the promise, don't you? But then time goes by. Or how about if I promised my wife I was going to build an addition to our house? I would really expect her to laugh then. I I would. Um, This is the challenge. We struggle with God's word and his promises, not because he promises too little. That's not it. It's because he promises so much. And then in our own lives, like he did with Abraham and Sarah, he brings it about on his own timetable. That's the the challenge. He doesn't promise too little. He promises too much. And then doesn't work it out the way we think he should. A child, Lord? I'm 90. The good news of God always sounds too good to be true. The promises sound just too ridiculous. This is what most people believe, but it's small. Listen, God loves me, and if I live good, He'll give me a good life. Okay, I can believe that. It's a pretty small promise. But a child to a 90-year-old woman? And, you know, we also have just this natural desire to not hope too much because we're realists. And if I hope too much, I know when it doesn't come through, it's going to hurt too much. And so we guard against getting our hope too big. But that's the point. Because God wants to have the last laugh. That's the whole point, that he spoke it, that it seems impossible, and yet he brings it about. That's the gospel. That's Abraham and Isaac here and Sarah. God wants you and I to make sure we know that it's all because of him. And here's where we're at when Isaac is born now, as it brings us up to where we're at. He spoke it, it seemed impossible, and he brings it about. Verses 1 and 2 there says, The Lord visited, and he said, as he promised, at the time he said, Moses wants to make sure we really get it there, as he repeats it three times. It's God who's kept the word. It's God who's kept his promise. And the two responses we see are obedience and laughter. First in obedience, Abraham goes and he names him Isaac as he was told to name him by God. God commanded, which you know what it means? Laughter. Kind of funny. Laughter. And then he circumcises him as he's supposed to. He never gave up hope. He didn't just believe in God, he believed God. And there's a difference for us too. He didn't just believe in God, he believed God at his word. I love how Paul in Romans four describes him. If you've got your Bible, turn to Romans four actually. Hold your place in Genesis. turn there as I find it as well. Romans four. We're going to look at uh, verse, verse 16 to 23. I love how Paul describes him. Four, uh, Romans 4:16 to 23 says, "That's why it depends on faith. That means our salvation with Christ or with God. In order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring. That's Abraham. Not only to the adherent of the law, but also the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it's written, I've made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Here's the description of Abraham. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he'd been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced. That God was able to do what He promised. That's why His faith was counted to Him as righteousness. But the words that was counted to Him were not written for His sake alone, but for ours also. That's the difference between believing in Jesus and believing Him at His Word. He hoped against hope. Abraham did. Paul describes in Romans... He believed and he acted when it seemed ridiculous. We saw another guy like that in our Genesis series. Remember Noah? Similar. We can have big hope because we have a God who can keep big promises. You can have that hope. Let's say Christians continue to be marginalized more and more in our culture, which is probably going to be the case let's say it looks bleaker and bleaker for us as Christians in America. It it probably will. Will you hope against hope? Will you stack up hope on hope? Will you believe that God is still able to preserve us as a church, to grow us as His church, even help us flourish when things look to be stacked against the church? Will you hope against hope? Abraham did. How about Sarah? Let's talk about Sarah for a minute. She too was guilty of mocking God with a kind of laughter. But now the 90-year-old woman, and that's probably the only one ever in the history of the world, I would say, probably that gave birth at 90, she's now holding her baby. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the reaction in the tent camp when the first cry of Isaac escaped and they heard it wafting over from the, a few tents away. What? I hear, I hear cry. Is that coming from Abraham's tent? It's true? God has kept his promise? She says, I'm holding proof. She could hold the proof in her hands. You would laugh in the hilarity of it all. I mean, if that happened today, we would be blown away. It would make national news. Scientists would be just laughing and scratching their heads all at the same time. And that laughter would be God-glorifying. That's laughter that's God-glorifying. Sarah says, God has made laughter for me. And everyone who hears this is going to laugh with me. Not at her, with her. This is what God does. He blesses where there looks like there's no possible way he asks us to believe in things that seem too good to be true. Here's our promise that one day he will bring a home. A home to you that will fulfill every longing, every desire you've ever had, every hope you've ever had, and not just fulfill them, but fulfill them way beyond your expectations. And in that new world, he'll give you a new body that will never hurt, never ache never break down, never die, always live. And He'll meet us there. Our one true great love. He will meet us there. It sounds too good to be true. You laugh. It sounds too good to be true. But When that day comes, we'll be thinking, just like Abraham and Sarah, Isaac, 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 laughing. And Isaac, blessing an Isaac type of blessing. Don't just believe in Jesus. Believe Jesus. Believe what he says about you. Believe what he speaks over you. Believe what he has promised you. He's the God of keeping big promises. What about our second vignette? The second little story here. We see Abraham and Sarah and Isaac, but how about how about Hagar and Ishmael. God gives grace to the used, discard, discarded, and forgotten to show us what true grace is. So about three years. Three years after this joyful birth, this is about when Hebrew babies were weaned. This is because the, script, the text says that. Isaac's about three, which puts, puts Ishmael at about 1516. Uh, Another type of laughter comes to our story. Did you catch it? Did you hear Anna read it? Sarah, the mother of Isaac, not the birth mother of Ishmael, that's Hagar, she sees Ishmael laugh in, in some kind of mockery at Isaac. We don't know the exact occasion, we don't know exactly what happened, but something made Sarah feel threatened in that moment for her son Isaac and the promise that had been given to Isaac that all the blessings would come through Isaac to the world. So who is Hagar again? Do you remember? Let's remind ourselves, because that's important. Who is Hagar again? She was an Egyptian servant girl, probably given to Abraham and Sarah, probably brought back from Egypt when they went down there to sojourn. And she'd already been kicked out of their house once. Remember Genesis 16? She flees from Sarah's harsh treatment. God seeks her out And promises Ishmael, her son, I think she's pregnant with him at that time, will be a mighty kingdom. And she's the first one in that interaction with God who names God. A woman in this time. A slave girl is the first one in the Bible that names God, gives him a name. Here's what she said. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, you are a God of seeing. For she said, truly here I have seen him who looks after me. How shocked she must have been in that first, first time now she was kicked out of the house. God, you see me? You see me when I lived with the man Abraham, the man of, of faith, the man of reputation, the man of prowess, and you see me? And so now in our story that we read today, she's sent out on her own. She's sent out on her own now. She's now a single mom to put it in our terms, with her son named Ishmael, which means God hears. Can you imagine? This is not the type of uh, culture, society like ours where a single mom can survive with certain means. It's still hard today, incredibly hard, but there are resources available today that weren't available then. The water's run out. Your son is dying of thirst now. You're out in the desert. You've got nowhere to go. Totally alone, used, discarded, and forgotten. Maybe you can relate. Have you ever felt forgotten? Does anyone see what I'm going through? Does anyone care? Have you ever felt discarded? Who loves me? How about used? Have you ever felt that? What's my purpose, God? God. The boy's dying. He's crying out to you. And then she's crying out. And the text says she can't even look at her son. Like, I don't, want to walk. I don't want to see his moment of death. Go over there. I'm going to go over there. God saw her. God knew. God cared. And God provided. It's grace. Grace finds her. Grace breaks into her life. God hears and calls out. It's a divine interruption in this two people's lives that would make us laugh again. When we think about this. Hope against hope. Pick them up off the ground, God says. Here, refresh your life with this well that you didn't realize you were right next to. It's there. Here's a well. I'll take care of you. And you know what? Your boy will still be a great nation. I'll watch over him. I'll take care of him. This isn't the chosen son. Isaac is. It's not the promised one through whom the Messiah will come. But God still cares for both of them. Unexpected, compassionate care from God. Grace upon grace. Both boys are blessed. Isaac and Ishmael. And God even in this untangles the nasty mess that Abraham and Sarah started that they'd gotten everyone into is abraham and sarah it's hilarious grace it's it's prodigal grace it's it's prodigious abundant is what it means it's an isaac type of blessing a blessing that brings laughter oh you see me god and god sees you too and he hears you too ishmael god hears He knows what's troubling you. He knows how alone you feel in in this moment, maybe. He knows right now you might be saying, God, are you there? Do you see me? He knows that. He does. And like he said to Hagar, open your eyes. You're not just seated next to a well like Hagar. You're seated next to Christ. And He is the ultimate spring source of life. The ultimate well. The ultimate water source. He's living water. Like another lady, remember in the Gospels, who sat by the well who God visited, who God blessed? He's the source of life. And you have Him if you've trusted Him. And Ishmael the fatherless now. He's like an orphan now. He's fathered in God here. And we are too. Do you know why? Because Jesus became fatherless for us. Jesus became fatherless so you wouldn't have to, and our kids wouldn't have to. On that cross, we know it. He said, Father, Father, you've forsaken me. I'm an orphan. I'm the truly discarded, the truly forgotten one, so we don't have to be. That's the gospel. And we're seeing it play out here with Hagar and Ishmael thousands of years before Jesus would actually come. He sees the discarded, he sees the forgotten, he sees the used. Let's look at our third story. God with you is a grace to be shared. God with you is a grace to be shared. Abimelech, do you recognize that name? He's back. What a difference a few years makes too. Last time Abraham and Sarah interacted with Abimelech was a a disaster. (laughs) What 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 a difference a few years can make in somebody's opinion of you. Abimelech approaches Abraham and says to him, It's so clear, Abraham, God is with you in all that you do. We heard that in the text. God's with you in everything you do. He had gone from being a disgrace in the eyes of Abimelech now to being a positive witness for God. And he failed that the first time when he gave his wife to Abimelech. Remember that? Now he says, God has got to be with you. And these would be the words that the descendants of Abraham would hear over and over and over again. Isaac, Jacob, all the tribes would hear this, God is with you. God is with them. That group of nomad wandering desert people doesn't seem like it, but God is with them. And Abimelech is seeking peace with this man, Abraham, who's got the power of God behind him. And Abimelech sees that. Remember, Abraham's living in his land, King Abimelech's land. And Abraham puts that to the test. In confidence now. You see Abraham acting really confident here making a covenant with Abimelech over a disputed well, water, wells again. It's just a big theme in the Bible. And it pays off for Abraham. Peace is kept. Now Abraham gets to live in the land in peace with his new son and looks forward now to God's great blessing for the nation. He responds in worship. Do you see the last verse there? Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. He plants a tree. How Oregonian of him. There's a sign of God lavishing care and grace and mercy and blessing upon a family that didn't deserve it. He's saying with this tree that all fruitfulness, all prosperity comes from the eternal God, the everlasting God he calls him. What could be more eternal than what God's about to accomplish through Isaac? What could be more hopeful than that the great great nations were going to be built through Abraham and Sarah after thinking it never could be done? What could be more hilariously beautiful than the fact that the great nation would be a people of faith, not power, a kingdom of forgiven saints, not political might, and it would all come through this miraculous birth to a 90-year-old woman that caused laughter. Isaac. Isaac. Isaac, it's too good to be true, but it is. Isaac. Isaac. Do you see in our story today, it's generous blessing in the birth of Isaac. Generous blessing to the outcast Hagar and Ishmael. And generous gra- abraham in the land god's hilarious generosity and grace in the gospel of jesus christ is to be your motivating factor in life in being generous with others to help those in need in our church family because god was generous to help those in the broader community of Canby because God was generous to you, to help those on mission in other parts of the world because God was generous to you with blessings that bring laughter, with hope against hope. Which brings me to that $100 bill. We're calling it The Isaac Project. Who's we? Well, our deacons and our elders and our ministry staff have been working on a project to coincide with the laughter that took place at the birth of Isaac in our Genesis series. It's the laughter project, the the, the Isaac Project we're calling it. At the close of today's service, each adult... 18 years of age now and over, will be handed some envelopes. And inside the second envelope is going to be a $100 bill. I mean that. You think, oh, he's kidding. No, I mean that. With a little card that says this This is a blessing for you, prompted by our love for Jesus. We know these are hard times. You are seen, you matter. You are loved. You've been a generous church, Bethany. And our deacon fund has hovered around eighteen to 19000 for quite some time. Through a time of prayer and planning, we've designated this money to be given out. But to whom? Here's what we want you to do with it. Pray it, give it, share it. We want you first to pray it. Pray about it. Seek who God might want you to bless with this $100 bill. Maybe it's a neighbor, a friend, a stranger, a family member. Pray it. Seek his guidance. And number two, we want you to give it. Give your Isaac Project $100, even in the the form of cash if you want. There's that little card and a second envelope in there if you want. You can use that or not. It's up to you who you give it to, whether it's the form of cash or a gift card you buy with it to give to somebody. Pray it, give it, and then we want you to share it. We want you to share your story with how you gave it. In an online link, we're going to send to you or text you just by filling out a little form. The link's also on the en- uh, a piece of paper in the envelope. Please share your story of how you gave it. And we'll keep your name anonymous if we choose to share some of our stories in a future service or venue. We don't want to share it to brag. We we want to share it to see how God will work by putting this in your hand to put into somebody else's hand. We're hoping it'll even spark gospel conversations for you. There's no name or of the church or logo of the church on any of the materials. You can hand the little card with the money or not. It says you're seen and you mattered. You can mention the project if you want. You can mention our church if you want. Of course, if someone asks, but we're not primarily doing this as promo for Bethany Church. There's no invite card in it. Look, as we as we have seen, been seen by God in Christ, we've been given Isaac blessings upon blessing, and now because of your generosity, we're we're empowering you. We're inviting you to be generous to others. A few more things. Now, we want our young people to be involved. If you're under 18, you're not going to be given a $100 bill today. But we want you to be involved with your parents. So parents, we want you to involve your kids in the process. Sit down. Talk about it. Pray together. Discuss ways that can be given out. Let's talk real quick about some of those ways. How might you use this money? I'm sure you can come up with a ton of your own, but here's a few suggestions. Uh, Give it to a needy neighbor. Tip your server and blow them away with a $50 tip a couple times or a $100 tip once, or your barber. Help an out-of-work family. Buy a couple tanks of gas for a needy family. Pay for someone's groceries in line. Would that make them laugh? That's an Isaac project. Take a gift basket of items to a nursing home or first responders. Give a gift card. Give it to a single mother. Think Hagar. So again, here they are. Pray it, give it, share it and we can't wait to hear your stories and we'd love to share some of them in the service next week a couple more things before you go if you yourself are in need today you can keep the hundred dollar bill it's our deacon's gift to you and we hope it blesses you whether you give it or you keep it that's between you and the lord if you need it it's for you and maybe you're thinking well I don't know if I like this project. Aren't we supposed to be good stewards of our deacon fund? Is this a good use? That's a great question. And we actually discussed that as a deacon board and as elders. And we feel that we actually, we actually are, are being good stewards by giving of our deacon fund right now. Our deacon fund has been really healthy. And we still, I think, have a remaining balance of 9000 $10,000 even after this project. We've not been as hard hit by COVID as we thought we would. So we feel we actually are being good stewards by putting this in your hand because our deacon fund has just been sitting there and really large. We are being good stewards. We feel the Lord is leading us to do this and bless our community. Let's say you can't find a need. And I think we we all will, but just in case you can't find a need, give it back to the deacon fund. It'll go out in a future project to bless somebody. Let's bless our community with an Isaac blessing a blessing that's hilariously good and full of laughter. Now, maybe you're thinking, I've got money, I don't need your money to give away. You're missing half the point. Half the point, yes, is the money we're going to give, but the other half, half is that every one of us is going to now engage with somebody who has need. So even if you feel like, I've got money I could give, I don't need the church's money, I want you to take this money because I want you to commit and be part of this project with the entire church. So take it today. Whether you've been here for years or it's your first Sunday, it's our gift to you. Let's pray, God, to guide us in generosity and give us gospel opportunity through this project. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, you are a God of grace upon grace. And so, Lord, now we commit to you this Isaac project, a project of hilarity, of laughter, of showering mercies upon your people. We know it's just a $100 bill, but that will mean a lot to some people. And it may open up gospel opportunity. So Lord, give us wisdom and guidance. Spirit, impress upon your people the exact person you want them to help with. Maybe it's in a line at the grocery store. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe a co-worker or a single mom. And let us laugh in hilarity with the way you use these gifts. Christ's name, amen.